Guardians six to three win over the White Sox on Thursday gets them off to a good start in an important series. And you might think to yourself, the White Sox are terrible. Why is this an important series? We're going to talk about why this is an important series for the Guardians. We're going to talk about, uh, I know you know, I think the Tanner Bybee's the Guardians ace, but I'm going to bring some stuff to back that up. We're going to talk a little bit about the aftermath of the Matt Rosario trade. I promise this is the last time we're going to talk about that. And we are going to talk about the trading deadline that is a sizzling hot seller's market on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. everybody. Welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day. We are free wherever you can get podcasts and we are on YouTube. We are always free and we are always here for you no matter what's going on, uh, even when there is a big trade or even on vacation. As Jeff popped in the other day to uh, share his thoughts on the Med Rosario trade. We are going to get a little into that uh, in today's show. I know people are probably a little bit sick of hearing about that, but I think it's important to address the aftermath and some comments and and how this all kind of plays together. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, my uh, screen's a little blurry. That's interesting. We'll work on that throughout the show if we can. Anyway, uh, I said at the top of the show, Guardians, this is an important series. Then a 6-3 win made them look extremely good. The White Sox are a bad team. So why does it matter that the Guardians beat them? They should beat them. And, and that's, that's, that's not untrue. The Guardians should beat the White Sox. They are... 41 and 63. They are a bad baseball team. Uh, that is why they are sellers right now. This is an important series for the Guardians because their month of August coming ahead is brutal. It's brutal in a lot of ways. Uh, let's start off with the fact that Monday, Noah Syndergaard, the newest Guardian, who has been bad all year, and his comments were that, you know, it's it's hard to change the tires on a car that's still running, which, you know, very true. If you ever tried that, it's probably not a good thing. And he just hasn't been the, the, the version of himself that he would like to be. And that's hard for an athlete when you start to lose the player you think you are and your physical abilities just aren't keeping up with where you think you ought to be. Uh, he is starting Monday against the Astros. That's going to be tough. That's a three-game set in Houston. Not going to be easy. He has not been good. After that, they play the White Sox again, so that's that's good. They come home against the White Sox. After that, you've got the Blue Jays. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays. You've got the Reds, who are red hot and fun, and I'm sure nobody's going to be mad about the Will Benson thing. Uh, Detroit comes to town after that, so you get a bit of a lull there, but probably Detroit's played in the last couple of years. You never know. You've got the Dodgers coming to town. Matt Rosario's revenge game. You've got Toronto and Minnesota on the road, two very tough teams to end the month. This is a tough month. That's not to not even including the fact that these rookie pitchers, their innings are going to continue to rise in, in the month of August. You don't have Shane Bieber. You don't have Tristan McKenzie. And, you know, the Guardians need the bullpen to shape up a little bit. July has been a very bad month for them. Now, Trevor Steffen was much better on Thursday. And the class day was fine there. You know, Gavin Sheets had a really good ball off him. I'm not going to get too upset about that. But they need to win the series because now they're a game above 500. They're game and a half out of first place behind the Twins, who also have the Royals this weekend. So 
this is an important series for the Guardians because they need to keep pace with the Twins, who are probably not going to get a whole lot of resistance from that bad Royals team. And they need to do it in a way that gets them a little bit of cushion going into Houston in this month of August. Yeah, Chicago comes to town. Maybe you can beat up on them when they come to town. The Guardians have to take advantage of this. Uh, they need to win. They can't just split the series with the White Sox. They need to win their four straight series of the year if they want to continue some momentum and, and continue to make a playoff push here. Tanner Bybee got them off to a fantastic start on Thursday night. He made two bad pitches to Jake Berker. He left a fastball up, and he hung a slider. And the box score will say it was a quality start a little bit more. Uh, other than that, fantastic. And I think Tanner Bybee, I've, I've been saying for a few weeks, and I know Jeff was, you know, kind of first on the Bybee bandwagon in terms of him being the ace or being number one prospect. To me, it's not a question anymore. Tanner Bybee is this, this team's best pitcher. He is their ace. Every time he goes out there, I think they are going to win the game. And tonight, I think, proved it once again because his fastball command was exquisite, as it, as it has been. His curveball and his slider both look different. They are both taking step forwards, I feel like. The slider has more horizontal and vertical break than it has in the past, and that has to do with, I think we talked a few weeks ago when he was having some command issues about how he needed to tweak his arm slot, and that was causing some command problems. They were working on that. We told you that here. If you listened, if you're an everyday or you listen to that, and what it has done has, yes, he's getting more more, more movement on his curveball overall tonight. Uh, more spin on the slider. More spin on the curveball than he's had all year. Uh, spin with curveballs doesn't necessarily matter. It, it can be inaccurate. Um, but the vertical break, I mean, he was up a little bit vert. He was up a, down a little horizontal tonight. But the movement is getting better in the slider. And he got, you know, four swings and misses, threw it for strikes five times. The curveball to me, the changeup has always been his his best secondary to me, I think, because he can throw it to righties and lefties, and he can throw it wherever he wants in the strike zone. Four swings and misses on that change of the night, four called strikes, 50% uh, called swing strike rate, which is a combination of called strikes and whiffs versus time swung. Uh, anything above like 30 is, is pretty solid. So 50 is good there. He threw 16 of those bad boys. The curveball, though, he threw 15. Got to be as high as usage all, all, usage all year on the curveball. Uh, two swings and misses, three strikes. Now, the curveball in the past for Bybee has been like a, a get-me-over type pitch. It has been like a, here, I can steal a strike with this off you. You're not expecting it. It's got a lot of vertical movement. It's big. You don't expect it. Now, it is becoming a more confident pitch in his arsenal because of the adjustment in his arm slot and getting more separation away from his head when he's pitching. So, if he adds a curveball, legitimate curveball, now, it was like a... I'll say it was a, an average pitch before because if he could command it very well, if he, if he takes a step forward to that pitch, if it becomes a legitimate fourth offering, you know, with his fastball being like a, a 60 out of, out of the 2080 scale with the slider being like a 55, 60 with his changeup being a 55, possibly a 60. If that curveball becomes like a 55 legitimate 55 and his control continues to be on point with the arm slot adjustment, he is going to take off, and he already has taken off. Tanner Bybee, his last uh, – all, all of his June starts, I should say, his July starts, uh, 30 innings pitched, 33 strikeouts. He does have 10 walks, only two tonight, only four of the last three starts combined. Uh, six earned runs total. His ERA is 178 this month. He dropped his ERA from 379 to start the month to 311. His whip is down one from 130 to 119. Not only that, Tanner Bybee now owns the – 
I believe the 30, where am I at here? The 29th best FIP in Major League Baseball, 373. This is a minimum of 80 pitch, 80 innings pitched. Uh, he's top 30 in ERA. He is up there in strikeouts now. He is up there in war. He is a top 40, 50 pitcher in war uh, among all pitchers of all innings. Now, there's, you know, there's 150 starters throughout baseball, five times 30. He's a top 50 pitcher. He's tops in the league. Uh, he's outperforming right now. He is outperforming Joe Ryan a little bit. He is outperforming Mitch Keller, who is an all-star. He's outperforming Shane McClanahan by a little bit. Uh, he's up there with Luis Castillo, Corbin Burns, Sandy Alcantara. These are all great names. He is up there in stats with all those guys. I think Bybee is getting better as the season goes along, as he gets major league coaching, as he gets comfortable. I don't see him getting tired. And the Guardians are being careful with this pitch count late in games. He got to 97 there in the seventh inning, and the Guardians said, okay, you know, it's time to take him out. That's fine. And especially in that situation, the lead they had, he only threw two bad pitches. The two pitches he threw to Berger. Uh, Berger, he walked him later in the at-bat. And guess what? He picked Berger off. Tanner Bobby, by the way, uh, top five in baseball and pickoffs with three. I think he might have four now after tonight, uh, which would tie him for first place in pickoffs. He is doing everything to lead this staff right now. Like I said, when he is on the mound, any game, I think the Guardians are going to win because he is just that dude. And he is going to continue to be that dude. So what a strong start. Like I said, this is an important series. The Guardians, I don't want to say they have to sweep the series, but I think it would be really beneficial for them. Uh, maybe Kansas City helps the Twins, you know, stub their toe a little bit and they take two out of three, which is still good for the Twins. I think the Guardians got minimum three out of four here. There, there is no room for a sweep, not with the, the series coming up here with Houston. Month of August, like I said, the rookie pitchers are, are going to start getting up there in the month of August, even though I know I just said I don't think Tanner's struggling at all or, or, or tiring. I think he'll be fine. He's conditioned for this, but it's still, you know, you're getting into the dog days of August. It's been hot in Cleveland, if you haven't noticed, hot everywhere. Um, it's no longer global warming. Someone said it's global boiling now. <laughs> it's not good. Um, this is an important month of August ahead, so getting off to a strong start here is really good, and Bybee was the guy who put him there, and so did the offense. We are going to talk about the offense in the post-Amed Rosario era. We're going to talk about how it looked a little like 22 in it. We still want, I still want to talk about the trade deadline a little bit, too, as well as the seller's market is heating up. All coming up here, so stick around with Lockdown Guardians. With the trading deadline coming up, it is all about finding the right pieces to fit those teams for a championship team. It is the same with eBay Motors in your car. For a championship team, make sure every player is the perfect fit. When it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check. Now the part will fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Guardians-White Sox do it again on Friday night. I believe it is a 7-10 game. By the way, uh, that game is on Apple TV, if you're wondering. But it's also on SiriusXM. You can listen to all the action. I believe it's Jim Rosenhaus and uh, Pat Tabler calling the game out in Chicago this weekend. 
search Guardians on your SiriusXM app. How about the Guardians offense on Thursday night? You had uh, Stephen Kwan double to triple to start the game, actually. Ball was probably misplayed a little bit in right field, but they gave him a triple. He and then you get a double from Andre Simin as your number new number two hitter. Now Tito did say that he was not, you know, quote unquote committing to Jimenez hitting second, but he's been there twice now with him not in the lineup. Uh two for four tonight, also a hit by pitch, because you know it wouldn't be a, a night for Andre Simenez without a hit by pitch. Also stole a base. I thought the Guardians had an opportunity to run tonight because uh Dylan Cease has allowed 10 steals this year. And Sebi Zavala is like in the bottom 20th percentile in pop time. Uh, he's only throwing out 16% of runners. He's not a good defensive catcher. So they stole two bases. Now, Naylor stole his off of Bo Naylor, I should say, which we'll talk about him. He stole one off uh, Cease and Zavala. Jimenez took his off Aaron Bummer. Uh, Jimenez was important because he stole second later in the game, and there was a throwing error. He took third base on that. And then they ended up getting a run out of that because of Josh Naylor's little poke double back up the middle. So, like I said, a little bit of shades of 22 offense there. You run on pitchers and catchers who can be run on. You force the defense to make a play. They don't. You end up with an extra base. And that ball against Aaron Bummer that Josh Naylor hit, you could see how pissed off Aaron Bummer was. It was a total bummer for him. It was a little slow poke through the middle. And it goes for a double because guess what? Josh Naylor hustles to second base because the ball was a dribbler. Nobody could get to it. And nobody was covering second base. That's the shades of the 22 offense right there. And I know that was the sixth run of the game. A little bit of insurance. You know, it was it, they would have won without that run, obviously. But a little insurance doesn't hurt, especially with uh, the tying run coming to the plate. With Emmanuel Classe getting a couple of uh, singles off of him late. And it's important in the post the Med era. And again, I don't want to harp on this too much because we talked a lot about the Med and the trade. And I know people are, are tired of the back and forth on this. But if you watch the broadcast and listen to the comments from the players and, and heard them talk about, I know there are some people listening to Sorna Fan of the Guardians broadcast, but when you're not there covering the team every day, and these guys are, especially, you know, our buddy Andre, they pick up on, on things like the stuff that matters off the field and yeah, on-field performance matters and you have to make business decisions. You cannot let the emotional side of things affect the business decisions of winning baseball. And you know, that's been an issue before all, of all the goofy things that Moneyball the movie didn't do very well. The one thing they did well was the portraying the trading scene with Billy Bean and, and Brad Pitt and Jonah, uh, Jonah Hill having to tell the players about trading them. Didn't want to do the emotional part. They took the emotional part out of it. I don't know how that played out in real life, but the movie at least showed a a good portion. I I guess of how that, that might look, but you know, this team has to run the bases hard. They have to have veterans showing the way. And they had it last year. I talked about that on yesterday's show. And you know, these guys could have had an emotional letdown because let's be honest, the med, Meant a lot to these guys. You could tell that, you know, obviously Jose Mira is close to him. Josh Naylor close to him. A lot of these guys, you know, close to him and Rosario. They are, they are friends and family with him now. Could have been an emotional letdown. But kudos, kudos to these guys for coming out, playing hard, running hard. Uh, Jimenez and Quan out of the box, stealing bases. Everybody kind of did their thing tonight. It was an impressive game overall. And, um, like I said, the, the things you don't pick up on by not being at the ballpark every day about what Ahmed Rosario meant to them. And, and Jose Ramirez today, they said, was 
you know, quote unquote, more available in the clubhouse than he usually is. And he said, you know, it's about business. I'll always love Rosario and have his back. Um, but he was talking to the guys and, and Tito was talking to the guys, Jimenez and, and uh, other guys in the team, Arias, about expectations and how to play and what to, you know, just kind of being there to step up in the aftermath of that. That stuff matters. I know the on-field stuff, we get caught up on that, on the numbers and performance and things like that. And yeah, at times, the Metrozaris performance was hurting the team at times. Not, you know, obviously he had good moments hitting, but these things do matter. I mean, that, like I said yesterday, the, the 2016 team doesn't happen with Mike Napoli and he produced on the field. How about the 2013 Jason Giambi thing, right? That mattered to that team a heck of a lot, especially in the, in the years to follow. Uh, Jason Kipnis and those guys learning from from Jason Giambi. He had some of his moments too, but he was a he was a bench player. He was utilized, you know, kind of properly. I mean, I guess carrying him all year was was kind of a, a risk, considering he wouldn't really all play that well. But he did have some big hits, and that mattered in the long term. And the and the Rosario thing is going to matter too. And these are people. There is still a human side of dealing with this game, and it's important. But it was great to see the offense come out. Gabriel Arias gets the first crack at shortstop and does a fantastic job tonight. Uh, no issues in the field, not really a surprise, but fantastic at bats. I mean, he works a walk. He hits two balls hard the other way. Uh, he got hosed on a strike three call in his last at bat of the night uh, because uh, Tony Randazzo had a, you know, a poor night behind the plate, quite frankly. He was bad. Aaron Boone would have been thrown out of this game, but thankfully the Guardians were, were winning and Tito is there, but RBRs, you know, it's mentally like feeling good about yourself mentally doesn't mean you're going to start hitting curveballs if you can't hit curveballs. So it's not doesn't mean you're going to be able to hit fastballs if you can't hit fastballs. But what the good mental feeling does is it reinforces you that the work you're putting in, your approach, things like that are paying off. You're doing the right things. When you are seeing results, whether it's you know, Josh Naylor back in April when he wasn't playing well or was the results weren't good, but he was hitting the ball hard, doing the right things, and the numbers said he should be doing better. And he did do better eventually. Same thing for Gabrielaris. He's got rough numbers this year. He's played inconsistently. But when you have games like this and you play well, you know, it reinforces your confidence that you're putting the right work in, that your approach is working. And his approach was good. I mean, this is a guy in the minors I kind of thought was a free swinger. He has shown, especially against right-handers. Now, left-handers, I would I would like to see more of. But against right-handers, he has been patient. He does chase sometimes, get pull happy. But when you see him shoot the ball the other way, Gabby Arias' power has always been to right center. When he is hitting the ball hard to right center down the line, that's when you know he's, he's doing good to right field. When you see him pulling the ball, maybe not so much. Maybe that'll come with time. But like I said, it reinforces that you're doing the right things. Your approach is there. You're seeing the ball well. That confidence matters because when you don't have that confidence, you start tinkering with things. Look at Andres Jimenez a couple of years ago. You know, he was not having, you know, two or three good games in a row. He was messing with things. He was trying something new every other game. That doesn't work in Major League Baseball. Ask Noah Syndergaard, like you said, trying to get better while while not performing well. Um, so when you're when you're getting the results and you're feeling confidence of your of what you're doing, you're not sitting there trying to tinker with your swing and every other thing you're doing out there you can just go out and play and know that what you're doing is working because tinkering is bad. Like, what is it from Bull Durham? Don't think it's, it can only hurt the ball club. You know, there's a lot to think about in baseball, but the confidence, the confidence really matters out there. I was really glad to see the team run uh, out there all game two. Naylor taking a base late in the game. Everything went good for the offense. Like I said, it was shades uh, of 22. 
with the offense and getting off to a fantastic start uh, on both sides of the ball against this White Sox club, especially considering where they're going right now. That's their key point I wanted to make, too, about uh, why this is an important series. The White Sox are selling. They've already traded Lucas Giulio and Ronaldo Lopez. They're probably going to trade Lance Lynn. They might trade Tim Anderson. This team is going to tear down even further over the next week, the next five days, so it's left. And you're playing them seven times, six times now uh, over the next week. You've got to take advantage of kicking these guys when they are going through it. I know you know nobody nobody's going to feel bad for them. And as Tito always says, no one's going to feel bad for us. No one's going to feel bad for the White Sox. This is a key key area where you need to kick guys in the down. If you want to be serious about catching the Twins, getting to the playoffs, and saying this is not a wasted year, and I'm not saying winning the AL Central means it's not a wasted year because this is still a JV division right now. And anything can happen when you get in the playoffs. The Guardians win the Central. They are still hosting a playoff game. They're still hosting a series because they are division champions. They don't have to go on the road for for three games. Uh, And we'll see what happens with the pitching in terms of Bybee and McKenzie. Or, I'm sorry, Bieber and McKenzie. Right now, Bybee, I think, is lined up. You you have to start in game one of a playoff series. Just because they win the Central doesn't mean it's not a wasted season, but Let's, let's call it a heck of a start. If they are serious about winning this division and at least calling it, hey, we didn't fall flat on our faces and, and lose and eat the win, a winnable division when it should we should have won it. You know, the Twins are not the twins are not untalented, let's be honest. They're just not as good as some people think they are. They're not as good as maybe they should be. This is still a winnable division. So the first step of not making this a wasted season is to find out more about Guys in the future, you're kind of doing that. You know, you got the rookie starters. You're still playing a lot of young guys. Now you've got the shortstop position open a little bit. You got Bo Naylor in there. And the second step is still win the division, get to the playoffs, see what happens. That playoff experience is still valuable for Bo Naylor, for Will Brennan, for Gabby Arias, for Andre Semenis, for Tanner Bidey, for Gavin Williams, for all those guys. Second year in the playoffs, that stuff is important. So if they want to get serious about winning this division and not making it a wasted year, You've got to kick a team like the White Sox where the, while they're down and going through this transition. That is why this series is important. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about trades still to come, and I might do a quick minor league update if we have time at the end. So uh, don't go anywhere. Stick with Lockdown Guardians. Guardians and White Sox back at it at 710. Uh, your time Eastern, I should say, Eastern 710. On Friday night, you can listen to all the action on your SiriusXM app. That is going to be Xavier Curry and Tuki Toussaint, by the way. Uh, search Guardians on your XM app. Let's talk about that real quick. Tuki Toussaint, that was supposed to be Lucas Giolito's start Friday. He is now a member of the Angels. He's going home. By the way, Lucas Giolito, if you haven't had a chance to check out his Twitter feed, it's pr- pretty good, pretty fun. If you like a good, wholesome Twitter uh, feed of some interesting thoughts. My wife went through his tweets for about a good hour during the game tonight, and she's his new, uh, he's his new, her, uh, she's his new favorite player. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's a lot of fun. Tuki Toussaint, ironically, will take that start Friday. Xavier Curry in a bullpen game. We'll see how that goes. Noah Syndergaard will start on Monday. Like I said, at the Astros, at the Astros, that'll be a tough one. His comments were interesting. Uh, we'll see if the Guardians can fix them. Like I said, it might be the best reclamation project ever if they do that. You know, thinking back to it, there was a time when the Guardians used to sign free agent starters, and they would turn them around. They would do a good job with them. I mean, 
Derek Lowe, I'm trying to think back on like 2012, he, 2011, he fell apart at the end. But there were guys, I mean, Scott Cat, Baldo Jimenez, it took him some time, but they fixed the Baldo Jimenez. Of course, it took new coaching to fix the Baldo Jimenez, right? Uh, they fixed Ubaldo. He got him a big contract. Scott Kazmir revived his career. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other examples here. But there was a time when the Guardians continued to sign free agent pitchers. They don't often do it anymore because they, they make trades and they have homegrown pitching. But there was a time they were bringing in a reclamation project almost every year. Uh, Carl Pavano, way back in 2010. I know, again, these are different regimes. But uh, starting with Scott Kazmir and some other relievers along the way every year. There was Scott Atchison. There was Jeff Manship. There was Dan Otero. They've had some guys over the years. They've, they've now again, granted that all started in spring training. This is a month and a half. So what they can do might be limited, but this is good for both sides. I don't know. I guess I'm looking optimistically there. Um, if they feel more comfortable with, with Noah Syndergaard in 2023, and instead of Hunter Gaddis and Zach Plesak and, and, no, less so Joey Cantillo because he would be another rookie. We're not going to go there. It kind of tells you, I guess, technically, Gaddis is a rookie too, but that kind of tells you where they're at with things, right? Uh, and they don't want to mess with Curry's role either. He'll start Friday, thankfully. How about the trading market right now? My goodness. So I uh, mentioned Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez going to the Angels. The Angels gave up catching prospect Edgar Cuaro, who I, I kind of like a little bit. He, he can hit some. He should be catching next year for the White Sox in theory. He's 20 at double A and he's not having a great year, but he's 20 double A and he's walking. That's a hard assignment for a catcher. Uh, but there's a good chance by next year. He is their catcher. If not in two years and they got Kai Bush, who's a lefty with a good slider. He is kind of a back end pitcher. Uh, might be, you know, a little more. We'll see, but he's got rotation potential, which is good. That's a good, good return for the white Sox for, of one, you know, a couple of months of Lucas Giolito and and Ronaldo Lopez. Now, granted, they gave up two players. They're both rentals. At least I know for sure Giolito is. Rental market is good. You know, we saw the uh, rental market the other day, the first trade. Um, before that, we got more, more trades coming in as we're doing this. You've got David Robertson going to the, the Marlins tonight. I don't know what the return for that is. Carl Santana, old friend, goes to the Brewers for – um, trying to think of the kid's name. Um, the Brewer Brewers, uh, eighteen-year-old prospect who is a a shortstop, Johnny Severino, um, guy who's got some pop, who might move off a shortstop. Good arm. There's some speed there. We'll see what the approach looks like long term. But he's a, a complex league lotto ticket. Carl Santana at this stage of his career is a Gold Glover. He still plays good defense. He walks, and the power isn't really there right now. It's a 412 slugging percentage, so you get the occasional extra base hit from him still. Switch hitter, veteran presence. For the kind of player Carlos Santana is in 2023, which kudos to him at age 37, that's a good return. Now, the Brewers or the Pirates could have taken like some double-A, triple-A, you know, high, you know, moderate ceiling guy and said, yeah, we got a guy who might be an up-and-down reliever for us over the next couple of years. That might be it. They took a guy that, you know, could be a, a, a fringe average bench guy for them down the road. You know, if things pan out, if things really pan out, he could be a top, you know, a high prospect. He could be a, a starter third or short with some some major league upside. That's a nice lotto ticket. The seller's market is good. I'm very curious to see what happens if players who have control left get traded. And I wonder if 
there's going to be too much. Uh, it's going to cost too much. Rentals are already costing quite a bit. Is it going to cost more? I, I really don't know. I'm very curious what that looks like. Is Aaron Savali going to be on the market? I, I don't know. I would like to see what the Guardians could offer in terms of relief help. Could they move Karen Shack? That's the thing. They're going to non-tender him in the offseason, I feel like. Trade him out. See if someone wants something for him instead of non-tendering him. I doubt anything with Police Sack either. Um, we'll see. I heard from a little, little birdie that uh, Chase Lauder should be back in action in Lake County Friday night. Hopefully that's true. He needs to get back. The, the foot injuries are quite frankly concerning. Uh, Angel Martinez hit his 10th homer of the year on Thursday. And he had five RBIs. He has really started to show up the last month or so. Since June, he's been hitting again. He has had a down year. So that that is super good to see from him. Um, really hope that he can get things back on track. It's been a tough year for him as well. Trevor Steffen, a little better than I said in Chicago. like to see that back on track. We'll see how the Guardians bullpen game looks uh, on Friday. I Like I said, the Guardians, I think, need to win. I would like to see him win all four games of the series. I think it's just that important because of the month of August and because uh, the White Sox are down and the Guardians need to get zero. You've got Tuki Toussaint, like I said, ironically on Friday versus Xavier Curry. That should be interesting. Logan Allen's going to go for the Guardians on Saturday. That should be a good one. By the way, Logan Allen, one of the fastest times to home limiting steals this year. Fantastic job there. Got to love that. And Aaron Savali and... Michael Kopech on Sunday wrap up the series. Uh, Michael Kopech has a lot, a lot of steals this year. He's had a rough year as well. Run wild on him if you can. This is a perfect opportunity for this team to kind of break out. We'll see how long Oscar Gonzalez is here. He had a hit as well in his one at bat. He looked pretty good. I thought his one at bat looked good. We'll see who starts at, at the shortstop position over the weekend. See how the bullpen goes. See if the offense continues to run. Love to see it. Thank you all for listening this week. Thank you all for downloading, rating, reviewing. It helps. Thank you are locked. Helped out and go, go, Guardians, go. Enjoy your weekend.